Hey guys, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome back to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where town fans have their say on their club. And today, I'm joined by the Game Day regulars, starting off with Liam from Crew. Good old Liam. He was the man who hosted the game on Saturday for me to watch. So, Liam, how you been doing, my friend? And your quick thoughts on the Bristol Rovers win? Uh, not too bad. Um, glad to have put you up now twice in a row, but there you go. Um, I am getting free free iFollow, which is good. All good on that. Um, but no, generally can't complain. Did my first spell of uh, live commentary on Sunday, which went down a treat. So that was funny if you want to check that out on YouTube. Um, but Bristol Rovers itself, uh, first hour forgettable, not really a lot going on. But it reminded me of the Fulham game the we- um, in the week. But in reverse, Bristol Rovers didn't look like they really put a glove on, on town at all. Um, and although I had someone sitting in the corner being very pessimistic, going, oh, I think Bristol Rovers are going to get a goal soon. We're going to lose this. Um, I think the only team who was going to win that game was Ipswich. Um, it was just a matter of could they do it, uh, which they didn't do last season. But uh, they, the, the changes really did make a difference. Uh, gave a bit of a spark and um, a deserved win in the end. And for me, John Nolan... Um, I'm in David's camp being very critical of him. I've always seen him as just a sideways player, but um, I thought he was man of the match on, on Saturday. I thought um, not just with, with his goal, obviously, but um, the way he played throughout the game. But it was, it was some of his intricate passes into the box. OK, it didn't come off most of the time because of potentially the strikers and so on who weren't on the same wavelength. But some of these really clever balls into the box that if they can keep that going throughout the season, he's going to be a lot more creative than he was last season. So I was delighted with that and uh, pretty much good win all round. Cool. And uh, Thomas, once again, Mr. Game Day, thanks you for joining me. Um, your quick thoughts. You spoke to me after the game for the Bristol Rovers game, but, you know, you've had time to reflect, um, you know, as a win. So probably not much to moan about, really. But um, how you been doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing fine, yeah. A bit baffled by the coronavirus news, but we won't go into that on the show. But um but yeah, the the Bristol Rovers, again, like Liam said, forgettable for the first hour, but then credit where credit is due, Lambert changed it, he brought on the three players, Downs made a big difference and we went and won it. Um and there's two assists for Lancaster. So yeah, I was happy overall, I think, especially the last half an hour. Um going back to the ginger perlo, John Nolan, definitely man of the match. Um you talk about the passes he was springing about. I mean, I remember the one to Edwards. They just managed to nip past the goalkeeper that was saved off the line. Um, yeah, so quite happy overall. Looking forward to Saturday. Um, I know we can't go and we won't be able to go for a while, but on the whole, it's it's looking good for now. But it's not been tested yet. Not really, have we? So I think that's when that comes, we'll see a bit more of how we're going to do this season. Definitely, and cheers for that. And um, David, over to you, my friend, the man who... Um, criticised John a lot, but um, oh, I did put him into the side. Yeah, he did. Um, but ha- you know, thanks for coming on. How you been doing? How's your week been? Um, mixed week. I got got five wasp stings on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Walked right the way across the side of my head. Just stung me five times. If he'd done it once, he could have flown away. Um, five times, however, the little bastard died. Um, 
What else? <laughs> I've been decorating and um, doing a lot of ranting, as I'm sure Thomas can imagine. imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an okay week. Bristol Rovers. Didn't didn't watch it because my rule is I'm watching anything that I would have gone to. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't have gone to Bristol Rovers. So um, it's Radio Suffolk and I was painting the bedroom whilst doing it. Um, my one, my first observation is that Marcus Stewart may have been a fantastic striker for us, but he isn't a commentator. Agree. Um, <laughs> Definitely agree with that. <laughs> I mean, from what I heard then, um, I mean, I, I said that it would be really tight up to about 25, 30 minutes um, and then we'd head away from them. It just took a little bit longer. Um, but it sounds like a, it was sort of like a, a decent performance. Um, I was pleased with it and pleased Nolan did well. Um, and I'm also very pleased that um, Lambert has shifted his substitution policy this season because would it have been different last year, perhaps a little bit, if instead of bringing people on in the 89th minute and saying you've got to play 90 minutes in one, he brought them on with 20, 25 minutes to go to change a game when everybody in the stands is crying out for it. He's made he's made a real difference in terms of his substitutions this this season so far. They've worked on Saturday. I think they've worked before. I've been impressed with that part of his um, tactical changes this season. Oh, and uh, finally, the man well, that, that, that sticks in the throat saying, Well done, Lambert. But hey, fair <laughs> <laughs> play. And uh, finding the man to introduce is good old John Watson. How you doing, my friend? I know it's been a, a long week for you, but um, how you been doing? And your brief thoughts on the Bristol Rovers game? Yeah, um, I'm doing okay, thank you. Um, I um, officially end my 10 days of self isolation tonight, having had my positive coronavirus test last week. And I've got to say I'm feeling a lot better. So in the grand scheme of things, um, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, thankfully, you know, big important things like family and friends are all well. And that's the most important thing. Um, Football-wise, um, I spoke to you after the game on Saturday. I did enjoy the game, possibly more than some others. I just think I'm enjoying seeing my team regularly because, you know, with me living further afield, um, I'm probably doing a little bit different from David. I'm seeing a few more games than I ordinarily um, wouldn't get to see because of the I follow situation. So I enjoy watching the game. I thought something, I agree with what the lads have already said, to be fair. Um, a couple of extra things to throw in there. Another clean sheet. Big Thomas Holy kept another clean sheet, um, which is important. You know, this time last year, we went on that really good run and we kept um, several clean sheets. I think that only breeds confidence. Toto and um, uh, Wilson. That's his name. Big Toto <laughs> Wilson. Thank you. And totally black there. Yeah. I thought they didn't look perfect, but they worked hard. Um, but Toto, again, was part of a black four that kept a clean sheet. And again, he didn't get injured or sent off, which I think is another big achievement for him. Um I said to you after the game that Dizelle was the person who impressed me because I've always been a little bit cynical of Dizelle. I see him let people go past them too often and be a bit too lightweight. I want somebody who gives a bit more all of the time. I know he's got quality and that's not um, doubted, but I saw him um, tracking back a bit more and doing some of the ugly stuff as well. So I was pleased with Dizelle, but um, I think me and Thomas called it last week, said what an important... uh, person John Nolan could be for us and you know to be fair to um he had another cracking game he was my man of the match really impressed me with his he 
we know he's neat and pretty and can do the sideways things, but actually it was much more positive and much more. Uh, he he helped control. I think when Downs came on, it really helped the game as well. That extra um, drive in midfield. But um, yeah, overall professional job. Happy to take the three points. Clean sheet. Lots of positives to take out of the game. My only um, concern was Norwood's lack of uh, ability in the game, fitness in the game. Uh, I saw some of the stats of um, how many touches he had in comparison um, to the subs made. And, you know, you think, oh, God, you should be making more, you should be more involved than that. So his fitness does concern me, but lots of positives. Cool. And I've got our hands up already. If um, listeners don't know already, how we how do we do this? Is people put their hands up and I pick. So I've seen Liam have his hand up for a while. Um, what have you got to add then for what everyone's been saying? I just wanted to add that um, in kind of comparison to last season, um, this 4-3-3, they're looking a lot better. Um, I think that they're, they're looking a lot better in I mean the first hour at Bristol Rovers was forgettable but you can see that there is a plan there and there is a pattern of play and I think if all the players are fit and firing and playing together regularly then I think you will see that town I think there's going to be a lot more momentum for town this season whereas at the start of last season of course they had a great start and all all the wins that they were getting but they were by the odd goal and it was really scratchy. There was no real, you couldn't really, it was mainly just beating teams because town just had that little bit of extra quality in, in that in that moment to win the game. Um, but they weren't winning games apart from the odd few with any real style. And I think these like, like first two games haven't been perfect, but you can tell against Wigan and Bristol Rovers that there are elements there that town are trying to put something together. And I think that is probably the biggest positive you can say. Cool. And um, Thomas, I saw you as well. What, you got something else, Ad? I was just going to add to John, John's comment about Norwood. Just yeah. how I said it after game day as well, um, on game day as well. But getting yourself yellow carded for being offside, for, yeah, his temper worries me. It's stupid. You don't need to do that. I, I think he's too cocky for his boots, to be honest. Um, beginning to think that I, I like I do like a temper temper player, but sometimes it's just too much. Uh, he's got to, he's got to learn to control it because especially when we've got Drynan injured now, um, you know we're, we're lacking strikers in a way. If if he goes and gets himself a silly red card, we're down for two or three games. It's it's not good enough. Um, I think he needs to work on that. But but yeah. Cool. And David to wrap it all up. Uh, just go back to what Liam was saying. I, I agree there. Last year, this, they, when we were on that run, you never felt comfortable. There were things like, you know, the really late win against uh, Wimbledon. And you were standing there and you were in hope that something would come off in the 89th minute and that sort of thing. But it didn't, you didn't ever feel that you were in control of games. And that was one of the things that we said all the way through last season when it was going well and when it wasn't, that it, it never felt comfortable in all of the games so far that, you know, Wigan huffed and they puffed and they, they looked decent at times, but you felt that it was our game and it was just a matter of time. And what I heard on Bristol was the same, and that's what frustrated me in the Fulham thing is because I think Fulham were there if we'd have, you know, set out a different, slightly different stall. But I'm, I'm pleased with the, with the 4-3-3. I think they've been drilling it well. I think it's going well. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased so far. So I'm with, with Liam on that one. Cool. 
Let's get right into the bad news of the week. Um, of course, town or town as a club, we're getting ready for having maybe a thousand supporters at Portland Road, but now that has been put on hold, been paused. Um, you know, the test events having supporters in grounds. Um, of course, the government with the coronavirus cases rising and stuff, uh, they confirmed that the government saying, yeah, that's on pause for maybe possibly six months. So, um, who would like to go first? To Thomas, what's your thoughts on this current situation? I, am, I can understand it in a way, but I am gutted because and, and we never really were sure if we'd be allowed back in October. So in that sense, I can kind of sort of understand, but I'm gutted because it's, it's a shame not to be able to go back. You know, I used to enjoy the Saturdays, Portman Road. Well, I say enjoy, I say it lightly because sometimes they weren't great, but you know what I mean. But, um, but yeah, the thing that gets me is I can go and sit in a pub with five other people I can sit in a tight space with loads of other tables and I can't sit in a stadium, you know, with social distance from others. Um, so that's, that's annoying. Um, and obviously the clubs as well. I, I saw a video earlier, it was Millwall. Um, they put so much preparation into getting fans ready, done all this hard work, and then all of a sudden we're, we're not allowed in. Um, so that's, that's a bit of a shame. But it is what it is, I guess. The, the fact that I've got a season ticket doesn't annoy me. I know that I've seen on Twitter people moaning. Well, not moaning, but, you know, they they're worried about like what if they're going to get any refunds or you know the people some people are cancelling because they're not getting their money's worth. It doesn't bother me as such because I bought my season ticket knowing that this was this was likely. So that's that's not so worrying for me. It's it's more the thing that annoys me more is the fact that and this probably affects me most out of out of us lot and probably David to an extent fair with his daughter. But we're all getting iFollow codes, so we're getting them free season tickets yeah katie in the same household where, where's she gonna get her refund from we're only using one i follow code it's like the club need to address that because it's not fair on families who have all got a season ticket it's not fair on us too it's you know they say the i follow is a substitute yeah okay but only for one of us we're only using one code you know katie's not gonna use hers because i'm using mine what's you can't you can't use the i follow as, as a substitute completely and there needs to be some kind of um, refund or reimbursement to some of us because I, I don't mind using my season ticket as the iPod. That's fine. That's you know, like I said, I understood buying a season ticket. I paid it off. I don't want to. I don't want a refund. But you know, um, you know, if they're if they're not giving Katie anything for it, which they're not, she's she's not using the codes. It's all on my account. What's that's, that's not fair. You know, there's something that's got to be addressed, and I'm, it's it's stupid that hasn't been addressed already. To be honest, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, like since we, we now know there could be six months, um, I don't know where to go from there. They've they've got to do something about that because uh, I'm I'm pretty sure David's daughter she's going to join you for home games, isn't she? So yeah. this is the same for you as well. Is that money's being wasted there somewhere? And yeah, I know the club's struggling, but we've got Mark Evans who can cover that to some extent. But there's some of us who you know perhaps need that money more than others. Yeah, yeah I, think, I don't think it's quite fair, but yeah. Yeah, um, I, know, I know, David, you'll have a lot to say on this. Uh, what's your overall thoughts on I, I, I'm going to try and keep it short because I, I, could, I could go on a rant <laughs> about this for three days. Um, you, you may not believe that, uh, John, but I really could. Um, overall, if you want a summary in, in short term, I think it's bollocks. Um, <laughs> uh, t- certain points. First of all, it's outside. Um, it's outside. 
There you go. It's outside. I know it's outside. I get wet. Um, it's outside. So, um, <laughs> I can't say any more than that. It's it's outside. It, it's just daft. You know, it really is. Com- go back to my earlier point. It's bollocks. Um, I think what Marcus Evans said earlier on in his in his statement. I think it was a good statement, and I think that I I. Trust that the club is going to do their best to make a fair enough deal for season ticket holders. Um, they have to be mindful as well, though, because they've got no income at the moment beyond season ticket holders. So I'm, I'm quite happy. I mean, I've paid for my season ticket. I paid for my daughter's season ticket. Um, I budget for that every year because I will continue going all the time. Is it, That's not a problem. Um, and I trust the club will do their best to find some way of making a fair enough deal for us um, if this nonsense does carry on for however long Boris, in his infinite wisdom of looking in the entrails and deciding what to, Nicholas Sturgeon says he ought to do and what the Daily Mail then gets cross about, whether he's going to do it or not. Um, but then the other debate that's been going on with it is the club's going out of business. And I think that's a serious problem. It's one of the things Marcus Evans mentioned. You know, there's other clubs owned by local businessmen whose businesses are also affected and they can't cover those losses. They've got smaller fan bases. They've got all of those things. There's a real danger that clubs will go out of business. I don't hold the Premier League. Yes, the Premier League can do more, undoubtedly. But... The Premier League has got its own pressures. It's like if you earn 80000 a year, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got a lot of cash in your pocket because you spend more, you've got greater commitments, you've got a bigger mortgage than somebody who's on 20000 So if you're Arsenal and you've got all of that money coming in, you've got that allocated according to wages. You've got a bigger bill in terms of how you run your stadium. You've got more employees to look after. You've got a bigger electricity bill. You've got a bigger policing bill. You've got all of those things. So you can't just look at the Premier League and go, well, they get a lot of money. Give it to somebody else. They've got commitments. You can't just take it away. Because if you gave us Arsenal's income, we'd go, well, hey, we can go and spend lots of money. Five years down the road, if you'd had Arsenal's income every year, it wouldn't be lots of money. It would be your standard income. That's why you have the parachute payments. Flawed, but that's why you have the parachute payments. Equally, the Premier League are losing some of that because sponsors, because the um, the broadcasters are clawing money back because it's not such a valuable product without fans in the stadium and things. So there are pressures on the Premier League. If the government is stopping clubs from playing games with um, fans there, the government needs to stump it up. They've done it for other businesses. In bi- football is an industry which contributes huge amounts to local economies, to the national economy, Quite apart from the employment of people, not just players, but tea ladies, you know, the the, the chaps behind the counter, the people on the t- on the thing, um, on the turnstiles, people in the in the shop, the office staff, and the local businesses that rely on that match day revenue, the pubs, the cafes, all of those things, and that needs is the same as theatres. It's not a frippery. It's not a niceness along the edges. It's a fundamental part of our economy and our way of life, and it needs to be supported. You know, they've done the whole fellow thing, which is great. A lot of big businesses have abused that. They also need it to do for other other things which are just as important to cultural life, like theatres, 
like cinemas, like I mean, the, the the news from Cineworld today is terrible with the, the losses they've made and a warning that they'll go out of business if there's another lockdown. And that'll happen to football clubs. So on a bigger level, it really worries me that the likes of Accrington, the likes of Burton, you know, Mansfield and things could be not long for the world through no fault of their own, through inaction by an inept government. That That's my fear on that level. On a personal level, I am absolutely, completely pissed off about the whole thing. I want to be back on the terraces. I see absolutely no reason not to be on the terraces. I can see the concourses not being open for coffee and things at halftime. Fair play. I can see the need to wear masks, you know, because uh, on the terrace, I don't have a problem with that. I can go on a whole load of rants. This is the succinct rant, right? But fundamentally, that decision, like so many others, is bollocks. Cool. And um, I'll go over to you, Liam. Um, we'll chat, you know, off record um, about this, but um, your overall thoughts on it and, you know, did you expect this was going to happen? Well, I, it, it's no surprise. Um, mm. doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I think we were... I, I mean, I was I was gearing up to potentially um, go back next month, um, but I always knew at the back of my mind that this could be um, something that will probably keep dragging on for quite a while. Um, the virus is here to stay until vaccine is around. So I think for, for the next for the next. Um, the next six months or so over winter, I think it's going to be backwards and forwards. I think we'll be easing off if we start controlling things and then we'll be going back again when it goes to control again. It's just absolutely no no kind of plan. It just seems to be... Everything has been reactionary. Nothing has been proactive in terms of the way that this virus has been handled. And so everything is really, really... Yeah. Sorry, it's not you, Liam. It's David. Sorry. Yeah, we'll laugh amongst ourselves because yeah, we we'll, we'll do this on video. But yeah, carry on, Liam. Um, I thought I'd frozen again. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically everything everything has been reactionary, and I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Going going back into the stadium had no. I had no problems with that. I was perfectly happy going back. I can understand slightly, I think, where the concern is about fans maybe mingling outside the stadium. But then that's where the clubs have to make sure that they've got a control of that. And as a season ticket holder, we were asked not long ago um, whether we um, would be supportive of a plan to have staggered entry times so that people are entering the stadiums at a specific time. and. I can't see why that isn't enough to get fans back in the stadiums because we haven't got away fans. That, that for me, is the big thing. No away fan means that, yeah, you might get the odd few idiots who might get pissed up and then turn up and be a bit of a handful. But at the end of the day, you've not got the away supporters there to potentially cause the antagonism that you would get at football, which is what gives it it's kind of bad reputation, I guess, which is why I suppose football hasn't been trusted. But I think this test event at the weekend was bollocks in the first place. I mean, a thousand people 
when they were talking about trying to put 30% capacities back next month. What's that going to prove? A 1,000 people in one stand is not going to prove whether the stadium is fit enough to fit another 20%. The fact was, we were, we, we were thinking that if we were going to be around 30%, that's almost every season ticket holder. And to have um, every season ticket holder in there would be great for the club because it means they, they get away with not having some minefield of having to choose who goes. But we're all going to be spread out and spread out across the stadium. And we have to know whether the stewards and everything that the club has put in place can handle that. And a thousand fans is not going to tell you that. So I think the test event was a complete nut of bollocks in the first place. But um, but it is what it is. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we were back in stadiums before Christmas. I can see Boris changing his mind just at the flick of a switch. That seems to change his mind on everything else. So it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, again, like what David said um, and Tom, but basically it, it's it's an absolute disaster for a lot of smaller clubs who have to get this money. And if they're not helped out, um, then they're going to go by the wayside. And for me, that is going to cause a big societal problem because it's not just about the economy. It's about society as well. And football clubs are, are the cornerstone of a lot of societies. And if they disappear, then you're going to have a lot more deprived places in the country. But on a Saturday, people who would normally go to football have got a lot of time on their hands. And that's when you're probably going to see more antisocial stuff happening. So it's vital that the government do something to try and keep as many clubs afloat as possible. Cool. And um, over to you, John, to wrap it up. You're in a different boat than the other three because um, yeah. you live away, so you don't have a season ticket. But, you know, what, what's your own thoughts on all this? And, you know, yeah. what... I mean, for me, Ross, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? Because I can see it on so many different levels. I can see it on a personal human level. You know, as I said at the start of the show, I've been COVID positive this week. And I know how easy that's been spread in my workplace. And that worries me that this virus is a nasty little bugger. Um, you know, but it's going to be here for a while. And whilst that's been uh, it, no point of any of us kind of uh, being idiots about anybody who's lost a loved one or anything like that, because that's, you know, beyond horrific. Um, but because we're going to have to learn to live with it, it basically boils down for me is appropriate resources. You know, I agree with what all the guys are saying about test events and the frustrations. But if we had testing right, reliably in place for people who needed it, whenever they needed it, which other countries seem to be coping much better than than, than we are, um, then that would clearly help. The fact that it is outside like David was rightly saying, I would feel safer sitting in a football stadium than I would in a pub, if I'm being honest. So when we're talking about pubs, certainly as it gets to bad weather, when we're talking about sitting indoors in pubs, I personally think wearing a mask, hand sanitising as I enter a stadium in a, in a, in a well-orderly system, to get into a stadium, sitting rows apart, keeping my mask on if I had to, 
until I was sitting down or even through, throughout the game. I personally feel that would be more comfortable and more acceptable than me going and sitting in a restaurant or a pub. And if we're talking about businesses needing money, then football clubs need money and turnover just the way a restaurant or a pub does. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to blame pubs. I like going to a pub. I like a beer. Um, I just think the whole thing's so complicated and the government clearly have had issues with being react, 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 sorry, reacting to things um, because they they wanted schools to be back in September, they wanted everything to be up and running and they got it wrong and now they're suddenly having the backpedal which gives everybody a real down feel and like this is getting worse. Um the case numbers are rising. Yes, we are testing more, but it is a bit of a mess, to be honest, though. I would love to see football fans back in um, stadiums, but it has to be done safely. And I don't think they're giving us a chance to do that. On a purely selfish level, I wasn't expecting to be able to get to Portman Road um, for a long time because I thought the season ticket holders rightly would be the people first. So I was hoping they might allow a few away fans to a game and I might be able to get to Doncaster where I live. I might be able to go to Sunderland in a big stadium which is half empty in the gods there and get in. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to see football this year live and that's a real sadness on a personal level. But you've got to feel for some of these small clubs who haven't got the amount of season ticket holders um, that town have. Um, I think there's going to be some clubs going out of business which isn't good for the, the that town, that club, those fans, but it also isn't good for the league because do you start having people saying we can't play games again? Do you start having people dropping out of leagues? It's it's just a minefield. I don't. We could have a show or a week long debate about this with lots of people, and I don't think you'd get to a definite answer. Mm. I think we're all just disappointed and, and saddened by the fact that we, this is, to quote, the new normal, isn't it? And it's. It seems really unfair. Um, I think I've got two more people to add. Um, go over to you, David, quickly. Um, what's your last word on this? I think that football is unfortunate in when they were doing the test events. I think that because schools stayed open all the way through and that yep. keeps getting missed. Schools and teachers were in all the way through. And when all children went back, now it's in a position where because they're back, the government's not going to close schools again. Not en masse. I mean, individual schools will make that decision because of individual circumstance. But en masse, they're not. And we got letters about what what the symptoms are and so that children don't just come off because of um, feeling ill and stuff today. The But cinemas have reopened and I don't see that the government under any circumstances is actually going to pull back and shut shops and shut those things. Even if there's a local lockdown, it's like Wales, they've got lo more local lockdowns, but the pubs are open till 11. So there's a local lockdown, we still go to the pub. So if football had gone back earlier, then I think that we would have carried on. I think that after the lockdown happened, as you've gone back to more normal, then that's not being taken away again afterwards. There may be extra restrictions like a 10 a.m., 10 p.m. shut-off point, but it's not being taken away altogether because... You know, like the Chancellor said today, we've got to learn to live with it. And the same as John said, you know, this is going to be around for a long time. The vaccine, if it's out there afterwards, then it looks like being like a flu type vaccine, which you take regularly. It's not going to be just, oh, here you are, cured. 
this is going to be a disease, as Rishi Sunak said today, which we've got to learn to live with. And I think that if football had gone back at the start of the season and that test event had been taken place at the end of August, and I think the test event is really not for football clubs and things, it's for the licensing authorities to see, does this work? It's not for any other purpose. If that had taken place earlier, we had fans back in, we'd have carried on going them. And that's part of my problem with it is that, yeah, it's outside, but also, like everybody's said so far, this is purely about reaction. It's about being scared of stuff, making a decision and going backwards and forwards and reacting on a day-to-day basis of stuff. You know, you've got scientists from different sides. Everybody looks at the data. All five of us can look at data, but in publish, we can look at a whole load of things. We can look at studies. We can go and read stuff like scientists do, and we can come to five different conclusions. There were letters written this week by 26 scientists from one side, 26 from another saying more or less needs to be done. Scientists feed, they've all got opinions themselves. Politicians then have opinions. We have opinions. There isn't a right and wrong on this. It's a judgment call. I happen to think that football should be back because it's outside. And yeah, there is a degree of self-interest in there. But if I'm honest about it, and I love going to the pub, and I'm going to the pub before and after the game and I'm watching it in my living room at the moment to make it as normal as possible. But if I'm honest, the biggest danger in spreading this, I think, is at home because you're in close proximity to people for a long period of time, but also in poorly ventilated indoor places. And that's a pub. Much as I love pubs, if I'm being honest about it and... I do take a polarised position on this because I'm I'm contrary. And if everybody's going one way, I have a tendency to automatically go the other way because I don't like consensus. But if I'm being completely honest about it, pubs are the places where an indoor situation with a crowd or nightclubs, and I love a nightclub, but those are the dangerous places. Not a football ground or a park or a garden. You know, so I don't want pubs to shut. I don't want football to shut. But that is the honest thing which I'll grudgingly say. But please don't shut my pub as well as take my football away. That was hard. <laughs> um, Liam, keep it short, my friend. Yeah, um, I, I only wanted, I don't want to go into the minefield about national outlook and a local outlook. But it's quite interesting. I don't think, I don't know if any of you guys saw the other day. But there was something shared on Twitter the other day about Liga 1 in France are doing a potential pilot where they are going to start putting fans back in grounds, but will have a different category of the amount of fans that will be allowed back into a stadium dependent on the area um, that the club is in. Uh, and depending on the levels of coronavirus in that area. Now, Suffolk has a very low number. So, I mean, if the UK actually got their act together and followed that same kind of principle, then it could be easy to reward um, somewhere like Suffolk to have fans back in the ground because our levels are low. But then say where other areas which have got very high levels, we can't afford to have fans in the ground or even just a very small amount because it is very rife around there. So uh, I, I think the government have missed a trick there. They could have easily done something 
uh, locality-wise rather than just one rule fits everybody. Cool. And Thomas, to end this very big chat, I do agree with what Liam was saying there, but I've got a bit of a counter-argument in the sense that, um, and this is the issue ahead of the ballot, you've got season ticket holders, but some of them, you've got like Dave from Birmingham, I've got my future cousin-in-law from Hertfordshire, if they've chosen over, say, David, Liam and me, they're potentially bringing the virus to the town. So to some extent, it, it is understandable that maybe, you know, they're not allowed, we're not allowed to the ground because there's that risk of the virus actually coming into like the, the county, which actually has low cases at the moment. That's the one issue that was worrying. And I had a big issue of that. No disrespect to anyone who's got a season ticket out of Suffolk, but me and Katie, we live in, we live in the town. It's a, you know, it's a 20 minute walk to the ground. We're hardly going to pass anything on if, if, you know, if we've got it, then we've been tested. It's fair enough, but we're not going to go if we've been tested and got it. But if, you know, we're, we're not going to pick up anything. It's highly unlikely to pick anything up when I walk to the ground. Whereas if we're coming from a different county, it's going to be, you know, it's, with a bigger case rate, that's more of an issue, I'd, I'd say. And then if they go to the pub afterwards or go into a cafe or something, you know, they, they're potentially bringing it to the town, which I, I can agree with that in, to some extent. Cool. All right, then. Lads, we'll move on to um, a new town signing, um, which came out of the blue on Tuesday. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting this. One of these sort of signings that don't actually get like a rumour link or anything like that. But um, he's six foot four. He's a defender. He's 19 years old. He's come on loan from Arsenal. So he sounds all right, doesn't he? Um, I know he impressed against us. Um, Arsenal won a 21s. He was their skipper in that 2-1 win. Um, I think only David... Uh, who's in this chat, watched the game. So I'll go over to you first, David. Your first thoughts on him. Did he impress you in that game? Absolutely. And um, during the game, I, I said that we should sign him. Um, I didn't say we would. I said we should. Um, but no, he, he was he was good. He was strong in the air. And that was one of the things. And he he organised. You know, he, he made um, several good clearances. He cut things out. He's obviously got good positional sense. Um, but he's big. He's strong. And he's very, very good in the air. He's something, I mean, I think John mentioned earlier on about um, Enciala and Wilson doing well and getting another clean sheet and things, but still looking ever so slightly iffy here and there. But for me, one of our big problems, and I said this last week, is problems in the air. You know, we've talked before about, and it's been mentioned by, um, you know, Stu and that, the Hawkins being potentially somebody who can defend in the box because we haven't had anybody who can defend in the box for a while. And I, and I think that he's somebody who's certainly going to be able to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Um, I think, I think it's going to be an excellent signing. It's just a shame the level we're at, we're not going to be able to ever have him permanently. Yeah. Um, what's your thought on it, John, when it um, got announced and, you know, it, game, we weren't expecting it, were we? No, it caught me off guard to be fair, but um I read what Stu put up about him straight away and I saw the video launches and things. Um, I've got to say, he came across as a really confident, well-spoken, together, sorted young man, focused, the right amount of confidence with a little bit of arrogance without ever being a prat about it. He just seemed to go, this is what I'm here for. And, you know, in his interview, uh, he talked about how golf's helped him to and how he's learned to play the piano to give him a, a different kind of a release and headspace. His height has to be an asset, both for defending and uh, in the opposition's um, 
half as well. You know, I forgot, was it against Wimbledon, the goal that we saw? MK Dons. Uh, oh. MK Dons. Oh, oh. oh dear. <laughs> right, you slip there. Pretend Wimbledon. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's all down south anyway, isn't it? Um, so for me, it was a, a great-headed goal, though. He just lost his marker, rose really well, and a proper strong header. So we, I don't think we've had enough threat from set pieces generally both last year uh, and so far this year in terms of um well obviously Garbett scored them directly last year but I mean corners and um, free kicks when the centre half's going up in there uh, and taking a goal chance so that's potentially really good but his attitude and his hunger and his he he seems at quite a wise head on young shoulders and you imagine if he, when he gets in the side, because you imagine he will get in the side at some point and, and then probably stay there. You imagine having people like Ward and Chambers al- alongside him, certainly Ward. You would imagine he's going to learn a lot from those fellas. And I would imagine he's going to respond to that kind of talking. He seems, from the little I know of him, to have much more between the ears than some defenders do. So therefore, he's more likely to take on board that. So for me, it's a really positive sign and it gives us. A, a little bit of extra depth at the back. I was hoping we would go out and buy a 25-year-old, 26-year-old, 27-year-old captain to be, and that hasn't been the case. Financially, maybe that's a factor. But, you know, to have an extra person of clear quality in in the club is a good thing. My only negative, and I'm always trying to be positive, but my only negative is, does that, it worries me, does that mean Wolfie's inju- injuries perhaps worse than we thought? And I hope that's not the case, but otherwise a really positive um, positive signing from my perspective. Yeah, of course, we're recording this on Thursday night, so the presser is tomorrow. So when this goes out, yeah, we, we will know about the Wolfie situation. But oh, yeah, fingers crossed it isn't too bad. But, um, you know, Lambert wanted, he wanted to have a centre-half, I think, this summer because he was trying to get Richard Keogh in. But, you know, he probably was too much money in terms of wages. And of course, the salary crap has now come in. So likelihood is the the players we're going to be looking at is players under 21 who are going to come on loan or who could be for agents. But, um, you know, Thomas, what's your feelings on this? You know, Corey Andaba has played okay. He's come in. What, what does that mean about his future this season? Um, well, I hope it doesn't happen, but it could be a loan maybe. Um, bit I hope it doesn't happen. Um, um, I, I like what I've seen from him. But in terms of McGuinness... Um, Really like what I've seen from the videos. Um, the header that John was talking about, yeah, it's, it's positive. He looks such a threat from corners. And going back to what John was saying, we haven't really had that since Smith and Barrow were banging him from the corners back in 2015. You know, so that's a one plus. Um, I think, I think, I, I when I saw him announced, my my worry was as well is is KVY is his injury longer than first thought? Because so many injuries. Yeah, yeah, it is. Is KVY, you know, is his injury longer than we thought? Because you know, has he been brought in to replace Chambers' um, role as centre back? As you know, his his kind of backup or his role there, or is Wolfie's injury is his longer than we first thought? Because obviously, if he's injured, we need another um, backup there as well, especially with KVY out at the moment. So there's so many questions there. But let's say I like what I've seen. Um, his presence is going to be good. You know, six at four. Um, if you can get, yeah, if you can get to the side. It's, that's going to make a big difference. I think, um, and, you know, Toto last week as well, he showed his presence, you know, looking, looking strong, but he's always uh, 
few, he's always one step away from a few areas, I think. Um, and he's looked good so far, but that, that does worry me, especially when he's heading up in the air. Um, <laughs> I know against Fulham last week, um, he headed up in the air and then all of a sudden corner had to make a good save. So that, that's, a, that's a big worry, still looking at dodgy. And, you know, maybe he's just been brought in for when Toto gets shipped out to Bolton again, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. But um, before we go over to Liam, I saw Darius got his hand up. Did you want to add any more? Uh, one of the things um, what Thomas said about um, Ndaba, my initial reaction was, was I mean, much as much as I like the new lad, was why are we borrowing a 19-year-old when we've got a perfectly good one? Mm. Then, actually, I thought about it, and what Ndaba is is a very different player, I think, and what the new lad is doing is giving something we haven't got. We haven't had, for many years, a big, you know, immovable object you know we talked last week about the suitor the the sykes type you know somebody like that a bearer figure i mean he's, he's possibly not got the same experience and all of those sort of things but somebody who's big immovable who's just going to head things out of the way and that's not we haven't because wilson's not that chambers for all of his skills in different areas isn't that Wolfenden said himself, he's he's not that sort of player. He, he's he's a ball playing one. He's he's the Des Walker of the pair, isn't he? So, in which case, then what McCulloch's doing is bringing in a different skill set into that. So, in which case, then it's not a bad thing that maybe Ndaba goes and gets experience somewhere else, because he's not actually. It's not that, that he's being directly replaced here as a, as the as the next step up is the fact that he's a different type of player, although he's in the same position. And maybe we should see Ndaba as being more long-term understudying um, Wolfenden, even, because they're both ball-playing players, rather than seeing maybe Ndaba and Wolfenden together, because do you have the physicality you want at the back if you've got Ndaba and Wolfenden together? I'm not sure you do. So... I. On high, with with a moment to think about it, I thought actually Ndaba going on is not a bad thing because it's a different type of player. Mm. Yeah. And um, over to Liam. And well, we've had loan players before from the Premier League, but they've normally been a winger or a forward or a midfielder. Centre half is very rare for us. But um, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, I don't know much about him, um, but I mean. I'll go back to what John said at the very beginning about how refreshing it was to hear his confidence coming across that he's here to be a big part of the team and help the team out rather than he's just here to fill up a a place and kind of cover if we have injuries. Um, he seems really confident that he can actually make an impact at it switch. And who knows? I mean, if, if Town do manage to get out of League One and get to the Championship, he might come back on loan again next season. You, you never know. It, it, if he if he is um, the player that uh, we all hope he might be um, as a, a really strong, domineering centre-half, then he could be a good asset for town in the Championship next season because I'm sure Arsenal would be looking as that as being the next kind of level to get him some uh, experience. Um, but I, I, I was going to say uh, before David took it took it away, but he is going. He is kind of like our Harry Souter that we were talking about last week—a really big, tall, domineering centre half. Um, and no disrespect to Harry Souter, but by the looks of it, and I mean he's come from the Arsenal academy, and Arsenal uh, pride themselves on 
pretty much trying to walk the ball in the net from every player. Um, he's he's a bit of a footballer as well. I would have I would have thought as well. So it's not just about having a massive lump at the back. He can play as well, and I think I think that can only be a good thing um, for both the club, uh, for us going forward, and for himself in his development with the players that he has around him. So I think it's a really positive uh, signing. But it is does go back to make you think about whether KVY and Wolfie are not going to feature for a while, and and that is a a big worry. Mm, cool. And um, before we get to the Rochdale preview, we're going to mention one man who uh, a lot of us were praising last season um, and we thought he possibly could re-sign. Um, he got released by Everton. Carlo Ancelotti went, who? Um, uh, and he uh, is Luke Garbutt, of course. Um, he has signed for a club. Um, he signed for Blackpool on a one-year deal. Uh, so we'll be seeing Luke Garbutt at Portland Road at some point when we play them. Um, so, who would like to go first on their thoughts on this? I'll go over to you, Thomas. Um, um, Luke Garbutt. If they sign him as a left back, whatever, I don't care. They can have him. Um, it's to me, it stinks of I tried to get a bigger move, but the virus happened and I can't. So I've gone to a club locally, play some football, and the fact that it's been twelve months shows to me that he's not committed there long term, like he was wasn't for us last year. He's still hoping for that big move. He's still hoping to impress, and he wants to get. He still wants to get that championship move when things are a bit better, money's a bit better, and I don't know. It's up to him. He can do what he wants now. He's not our player. I don't care. Stuff him. All right, David. Um, funny as, um, basically, big Billy bollocks thought he was going to get a move to the championship. Um, didn't come off, and he's slumming it around Blackpool. Great, funny. Um, and if they're playing him as a left back, really, we've got Ward. That's way better than for me as a left back. Left winger, I think he would have done really well. I, I'd have loved to have seen him as a left winger. Um, I wouldn't put him anywhere near left back. I'd rather Graham Harvey. <laughs> Move on from him. I wasn't alive when he played, but I heard some bad things. Um, yeah. John, what's your what's your thoughts on this, my friend? I was disappointed that we didn't sign, sign him right at the beginning of the summer. I was hoping he would. And then we sign Ward. Ward's a far better left back than Luke Garbutt will ever be. He's a leader. Luke Garbutt went missing during the season. Um, he's a good free kick taker. Uh, he's better on the wide of midfield. In our current system, though, playing 4-3-3, I don't think he would be a wide left uh, player. So, therefore, if he's not playing left back, and I wouldn't want him to be playing left back, I think he's better in a, on the left-hand side of a 4-4-2. I mean, when he was actually, when we had our best spell last season, it was, strangely enough for Ross, it was with Kenlock at left-back and Garber at left midfield. Um, and I think he needs somebody behind him like that. Um, I think going to Blackpool, although lots of people think they're going to have a decent season, I think... He was expecting to be at a, a Chef Wed or, a, you know, even even a Sunderland. You know, uh, he's dropped his standards from where he thought he was going to be. I don't wish the lad any harm. I hope he stays injury free and I hope he has a good season apart from against us. Um, I'm happier with Ward than I am with him. So um, move on. Cool. And Liam, um, he's linking up with Grant Ward, of formerly of town as well there. So there's two former... 
town players at Blackpool, do you want to just round that up and put the final um, now in the coffin on Garbutt? Well, I, I don't think he was all that in the first place. I mean, he had a a good a, a good few months to start the season. His set-piece ability looked looked decent. But as we've all said, that left-back, um, he didn't cut it. Um, and I think Ward is a much better signing there. Um, and then, of course, even way before lockdown, um, he went missing. And, and I... I, I I'm not just going to put blame it all on him because the whole team went missing, Lambert went missing, and it all went went down the toilet. But for me, Garbert didn't do enough. And I know he's thinking, um, oh, he could have got a championship move out of that. But, I mean, if people have really watched him in that, in that second part of the season when he, he didn't do a lot at all, I'd... I, 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 don't think there would have been that many championship clubs queuing to actually sign him, even though he's come from Everton's youth academy. I mean, I, I think he was inflating himself much higher than than what he thought, and he's ended up having to take the best deal he can possibly get when all his options have disappeared. Um, good luck to him at Blackpool. Hopefully, not too much luck in terms of if they are going to be in a. Uh, uh, dark horses this season, but good luck to him. And um, yeah, he might get a better move in the in the future, but um, he, he we don't need him. Well, well, let's move on to Rochdale this weekend at Portman Road. Um, it's first versus twenty first. Uh, Rochdale, who have um, started their season with a defeat and a draw, uh, they lost the opening game against Swindon three one, and then they had a goalless draw at home to um, Portsmouth. So last year we beat them 1-0 at Rochdale. Um, I remember going to that was um, Guy Fawkes night, I think it was, um, on a Tuesday night. Terrible, terrible time to go to Rochdale. Bloody cold. Um, But yes, uh, what's your thoughts going into this then? Team selection, we don't yet know much about if Wolfie and KVY. I think there's more hope for KVY, but we don't really know much about Wolfie. So team selections can be a bit iffy at the moment um, but how are you feeling going into this game we're top of the league can we make it three wins out of three um, David you're on your head John's not on his head everyone's on their head well, I'll go over to you David first you've got a bit of a smile going on what, what, what are you saying well uh, two things first yes um, basically smile on my face we're going to win um, you know it, even if, if you look at last season when it was bollocks um we were beating sides in the bottom half of the table. We just couldn't do anything in the top 10. Um, and we haven't been tested against top 10 sides this year. So I'm, I'm sort of going to hold my fire on that one slightly. But Rochdale, they've been around for a little while, but they struggle a bit. You know, they're, they're, they're not a huge club. They don't have the resources. Fair play to them for holding their own in the division. But I think that... Given how we are gelling, how we've got a settled side, how we're playing at the moment, I think that we'll be too strong for them. I think we'll win. I'm confident of that one. Um, you know, I, I don't see, short of people having my level of complacency, um, I don't think that we've, we've got anything to worry about there. Um, I mean, if they, if they go along with my attitude and go, yeah, we've won this, then we could cover a banana skin. But um, I'm confident. What's your, what's your prediction? Oh, well, 
I'm not, I'm not going to go quite as far as um, my daughter did last week, um, where she was predicting a four goals. Um, but I am going to stick with my three. And in terms of team selection, I'm tempted to put the new one in because I still have issues at the back with the Wilson Enciala. I've got big problems with Enciala overall, but I have to confess that he's played well. Um, so he got to stay. I don't like him and Wilson as a pair. And part of me says you play your strongest lineup, which doesn't include Wilson. But clean sheet, settled side. That seems to me to be the biggest, most important thing to learn about at the moment. So the back four has to stay the same for me. Holy, obviously, in goal. Chambers, KVY doesn't come back in, even if he's fit, which is questionable. If it's, in the, if it's a dodgy Achilles and things, I think he needs an under-23 game or two first because he hasn't played in ages. So Chambers, Enciala, Wilson, Ward, and possibly see the new lad late on sometime just to give him some game time at this level. Midfield, Nolan, absolutely nailed on. We'll be pleased with that, John. Um, <laughs> paid off all of that arm twisting last week. Um, Nolan and Downs, um, I would put Downs in for Bishop. By all accounts, he was lacklustre against um, Bristol Rovers. And for me, the, the Bishop thing has disappointed me because he's had some Excellent moments, but they've been cameos. He's not, you know, Dazelle's come in and said, I'm having this, I'm nailing it down, and he's spread those passes around and he's dominating. Nolan, who I've been hugely critical of, as you know, I've, I've, I've thought that he, he doesn't have a proper role at the club, he doesn't know what type of player he is, we don't know what type of player he is. He's coming in and he's doing something. Bishop is fit, he's doing that, and he does a little bit there, but he dropped too deep in... Um, I can't remember which game it was, the Fulham game, I think it was. He was just dropping too deep. At the start of the season, he was really running and pushing, and he was a threat. And then, hmm. so I think that he needs to drop out, um, which I don't like saying, but I, I would play Downs instead of Bishop. I think that the way in which those changes came made the difference against Bristol Rovers. And if you're saying you've got to come off the bench and give me a, a, something to really make, me think those three substitutions surely have made Lambert think mm -hmm. you know because they changed the game and if you come on and you change the game you're knocking on that door and saying give me a starting place and for me against Fulham Downs looked up for it he looked good and then Bristol Rovers by all accounts the same Downs for me has to start you can't drop Nolan you can't drop Dizelle there's only one other place Sears I don't think I, I, the reason I'm keeping Sears completely is because I think that partnership he's got with Ward has got a lot of promise in there. And I like my, my one problem with that is I like Edwards on the left. My boy. Thre the, the threat that Edwards has on the left cutting in is really, really good. Mm -hmm. But the Ward Sears partnership I like. So if you, but I do like Sears and Edwards swapping round. Do you put judge? Do you put? Uh, no, you don't put judge back in. Sorry, no, you don't put judge anywhere near it. Do you put Lancaster in to start the game? Um, that's a slightly harder one because although he had two assists, for me, 
you look at who he's displacing, Edwards could have had three, couldn't he? Mm. He cut inside really well. He came in on the, the left flank. He swapped sides with Sears nicely. I don't think that Lancaster is at a point yet where he can push either of those out because those two are showing good form. And that's what it's... So Lancaster's got to do it off the bench again to give him another knock. So I've got Sears and Edwards wide, but swapping positions. Up front, this would be easier if I'd seen the game um, because I didn't see Hawkins play. So I'm going to be guided slightly by you lot who did actually see that. My inclination is to give Norwood another chance because he's been our main man. He can score goals. He's getting back to fitness. But by all accounts, he wasn't very good against Bristol Rovers and not Bristol, yeah, Bristol Rovers. And um, Hawkins gave a better account of himself, had much better ball retention. Um, something like 25% against 89%, the stat I saw between the two. So I, I'll be guided by you lot as to which one should start, but I'm minded to think Norwood gets one more chance. But it's pretty much an unchanged side. I mean, I'm sticking with basically the same thing, but with Downs coming in for Bishop um, and 3 0 is, is my thing. Can I say one last comment? Is I've been really impressed by one tactical thing this season. And I've been thinking about this all all week to say tonight. We did it at the, right at the start of the season. Enciala did it, and I think it's Chambers scored both, went to both goals. You know, when you play that, which I've not seen Town do for years, really, really hard, fast balls straight forward. Enciala did one from the back. It cut everybody out, went straight from the defence, not on a ball over the top, straight through, cut through the defence, and then there was somebody running onto it. Chambers did it later on in that game. And on um, Saturday against Bristol Rovers and the highlights I saw, um, I think it was Nolan, yeah. played an absolutely gorgeous ball through. And was it Edwards running through onto yes, it? Yes. And that but it was exactly the same ball we'd played repeatedly in game after game now. Really, really hard, low ball from deep in midfield or even in defence straight through the middle of that channel between the centre-back and the full-back or between the two centre-backs and there's somebody running onto it to catch it behind. And I, one, I think that Jackson would love that. But two, I really, really like that as a tactic. It cuts so many... It's not tippy-tappy. It doesn't go around. It cuts so many people out of the, out of the picture and, play, and opposition can't pick it up because it's done at random points. I love that. I'm really impressed. Cool. I move over to you, John. Um, I've just seen the um the transfers for Rochdale. I know we're going to look too much into Rochdale, but they've lo they've lost some you know some of their top players like Callum Camps. He's joined Fleetwood. He's a highly rated rated midfielder. But then last year they had a 35 year old and a 39 year old up front in Henderson and Aaron Wilbraham. So I think they will struggle this season. Um, so how are you feeling going into this game? Are you confident for another win? I think we have to go into this going, this is our game to go and let's do the business. If we're going into this game being fearful of anything, then we've truly fallen from where we should be. Um, the team should have confidence. We've got the results and some decent performances. I think it's there for the take. And I'm going to stick with last week's uh, 
I'm going to go for four. I'm going to go for four-one. You and um, you and Francine both. <laughs> um, I agree with the, what a lot of what David has said in the sense of team selection. I think Holy picks himself right now. He's done nothing wrong. Kept the clean sheet. If KVY isn't fit, I would keep Chambers at right back. If he is fit, I would love to see him on the bench and maybe to come on with 20 minutes to go um, to give us a boost. There's no let, let us see that he's back and he's uh, he's fit. Um, I would probably start with Wilson and Enziala if uh, they are both still fit because we haven't had any updates of them. They did enough to keep it, but I think um, we'll see uh, our new giant on the bench, hopefully, and he might get he might get on with, again, 25 minutes to spare. Um, Ward, definite start at left-back. Agree entirely with the midfield setup. Um, for me, Bishop, I'm, I'm so pleased to see Bishop back and playing game and after game. However, I think Downs is our best midfielder um, and has made an impact in the last two games. And if Lambert is saying that sees his chance, show what you can do, keep the shirt. He should keep the shirt because he was a really good player when he came on. So for me, Dazelle sitting deep, uh, Downs doing the Downs role and Nolan doing the Bishop role or the more uh, attacking of the three. Because um, I think he can do that. And so that's fairly straightforward. I think Sears will start. I think he's done enough to keep the left-hand side. I would probably start with your boy Guion on the right-hand side. I agree oh, with boy. David that he should be on the left, but Sears' partnership with Ward's strong. So, again, swapping over. And I guess, uh, following up again what David said, I would probably start um, Hawkins because I don't think Norwood did enough. And Hawkins made a difference when he came on. So if we're talking about keeping the shirt, again, I would like to see Norwood go, oh, I'm going to get on for 30 minutes or even a half time and, and get the second half. But I would like to see Hawkins start because he made a difference when he came on. So yeah. I think Lancaster's the unlucky one to miss out there. So for me, Bishop and Lancaster... Uh, would be on, on the bench, clearly. Lancaster, I would expect to come on for Sears or Edwards, whoever was fading or whoever was had a yellow card or something like that later on, because I don't think Lancaster's too far off, but I don't think he did quite the same as Downs or Hawkins. So um, that's my starting team. I think Nolan will score again. I think uh, um, Nolan will be amongst our four goals. There you go. Brave. <laughs> One day I'll get this four this four right, but uh, it might take a while. But we'll get there. Cool, um, Thomas. Uh, similar, probably not similar score prediction, but a similar team selection. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about Saturday as such. Um, I'm trying to think. They had a promising left back last season, didn't they? Who what Wolves signed and they loaned him back to him. Yeah, Matheson, but he's That's now it. yeah he's, he's now at Wolves. At, yeah, so yeah. obviously they've even weakened even further because I know when they when they played us, you know he he looked quite bright. So yeah. obviously they've lost that as well. But um, yeah, they they obviously held Portsmouth to a draw, which is a good result for them. So there's a little bit of doubt there. But no, for me, I I, I don't see that we need to worry. You know, we've got confidence on our side. We start the season well. Um, don't really see there'll be much of a threat for us. Because um, like David said, if any top 10 side we worry about anything under, we could beat, perhaps not convincingly, but we still did. So I, I, I'm not worried. Um, for me, team selection, 
bet four, it'll be the same. I don't see why you need to change at the moment. Um, clean sheet, you know, they're settled. Uh, Ward definitely needs to start. He's probably been the best best out of the back four. Um, Chambers, who is slow at right back, and I don't like him there, but he hasn't done anything wrong at the moment. And we haven't really got many other options, so he's got to stay there. And he won't get tested on Saturday, so he'll be there for another week. Um, Wilson and Enciala, it's like David, I don't like him as a pair, but again, they haven't really done anything wrong yet, so they will stay and we'll have a Guinness on the bench. And then Holy and Joel, and obviously the field three, the same. Dazelle, who's been class, I don't see why he needs to be dropped. Um, Bishop, unfortunately, he'll be the one who makes way for Downs, who showed a lot of um, energy. You know, he still wants to be here, it looks like, past sub two sub appearances made so he still still looks committed to me from what I've seen so far so he definitely needs to start and obviously you know man of the season so far John Allen baby Ginger Pello he's got a start there's no way you can drop him um hopefully he scores again put, 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 puts a few um, balls in in the box like he did for Edwards last week you know hopefully we can get one on that, uh, Saturday um so yeah that's that's for free and then Sears on the left who I know you know, he's been he's done okay there. I know Edwards is better on the left, but he'll start on the right. And then, like like David has said, I like to see them two swap over. So I know I know we've got the connection between Ward and Sears, which has been like promising, as David was saying. But I do think change them over now and again, swap them over. It changes the dimension of the team. It gives gives something else. And then like the fullback, if they've got used to Edwards at sort of ten minutes in and they've changed it over, they've, they've got to worry about Sears. So it just completely changes the way you play, adds something different. Um, I don't know what it was, but I know Man United used to do it all the time. And it, it, I used to like that when they did it. So for us, I think, um, yeah, definitely need to add that to our game much more. And then I know Hawker just came on, changed the game. You know, he nearly scored that cross. Should have scored. Header, just, 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 yeah, just missed. I think he yeah. swore, didn't he? I think he swore <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think Norwoods will make way. I think um, Norwoods will start, sorry. I think... Um, his temper worries me, like I was saying earlier, um, but he's got another chance to impress. And against against the lesser side, I think I don't see what he can do much wrong. Um, but if he does, then I think it's his last chance this game. If if, if he doesn't, if he messes up or you know, doesn't really show anything, I think Hawkins will start next week. So yeah, for me, it's um. As I say, I do like Norwood, but he hasn't done much since he's returned in my eyes and so I think this is his last chance to impress and I'm going to go I'll go what did you go David? I went 3-0 okay I'll go 2-0 then 3-0 okay and the man who's um, currently top of the leaderboard after back-to-back um, correct results score lines um, Liam how are you feeling going into this game and are you going to make it free out of three? Well, I don't know. Am I allowed to go 3-0? Because that's what I was going to say before you went to David first and nicked um, it. Uh, or no, do I, I you can. You be... can. No, people, uh, last week, I think Harvey and Brad or somebody had the same result um, or, you know, scoreline. So you can go 3-0 if you fancy it. I think it will. I think it'll be as comfortable as that. Um, what people were saying about, I, I mean, I don't want to be complacent. Um, and Tom makes a good point about the point they got at Portsmouth um, against Portsmouth. But I think the big difference is, is I know we were playing crap last season, but Scotland is a very tight pitch. And so it, it's a very tight stadium, very tight pitch. And 
for them to get points off the bigger boys, it's a lot easier for them because they can play very narrow and make it difficult to break them down. Portman Road is a bigger stadium, bigger pitch for them. And if we play at a decent tempo, then we should be comfortably getting in behind them and creating chances. I can't see um, why we wouldn't do that. Um, And like Bristol Rovers last weekend, this is a game that they have to win. There's no, you don't look at it and go, well, it's one of those ones. It it has to be a win. Um, And being at home as well, Town have got to try and win as many of their home games as possible. So against Rochdale, um, it has to be a win. Uh, I would take it a 1-0 win away from home if it was at Scotland, but um, I think it'll be as comfortable as 3-0 because they are struggling with the finances uh, with coronavirus and and it's a shame. Um, But I think, again, they they are one of the clubs that I think are going to be in big trouble with the finances at the moment. of not having fans in and they've got bigger, bigger things to worry about. Um, and I think town will be too strong for them in terms of the team. Um, exactly what everyone else has said. I was always going to put downs in ahead of Bishop. I think it might be good to just give Bishop a rest, just give him a, uh, a start from the bench, maybe make an impact. Um, downs is the best player. And if you want to keep downs, you play him. I, I read something, I think um, Mark put out a, a, a post this week for the paper talking about Downs and should he come back in. I saw a post on there saying, well, why should he just walk straight back in uh, when the team are playing well? But the fact is, is that he is the best player. And if, if, if Town want to keep him, they need to play him. They can't just say you've got to earn your place back. They, they have to show him that they want to keep him. Otherwise, what's the point in all this kind of saga of <laughs> we may as well just say to Palace, oh, well, come and give us another offer and we'll let him go. It just He has to play. Nolan was outstanding last week and his first name on in that midfield three. Dazelle, very closely second, was really good against Bristol Rovers as well. And, and Downs came in and added that extra bit of energy. I think the, the back four picks itself it would be interesting though and I don't want to sound complacent but it it is a game that town should be dominating and winning so it might be that and we know that Lambert wants to play out from the back but this might be a chance it might be too early but this might be a chance to just throw the new lad in and play him alongside Enciada because everyone has said that they're not Absolutely. They haven't done anything majorly wrong, uh, Wilson and Enciala, but it's not probably the partnership that we want to see long term. It might be in a game like this that you could say, go go out there and you can be, especially with the fact that I don't think Wolfenden's going to play, is he? So that would be our our ball playing kind of centre half coming in uh, and adding that bit of extra physicality at the back as well. Um, and then going forward, Lancaster, um, for me, doesn't start. Um, and that's not because I don't want to see him start. I think it would be exciting to see him start. But I think we don't want to rush him back. 
just because he, he came on and created the two goals against Bristol Rovers. We can't get too carried away about just throwing him straight back in. I think he's a young lad. Got to be measured about how we how we bring him back into the team and how much time he plays because uh, we don't want him suddenly being cropped again. So um, for me, another impact from the bench uh, is perfect for him. Uh, and I've got no other issues with with that front three apart from what everyone said about Norwood. I mean, I'll give Hawkins a go. I think he was pretty uh, lively when he came on and put himself about. Um, and the ball seemed to stick a lot more when when he was up front for that uh, final 20 minutes or so. Um, he did miss the absolute sitter, uh, which I was raging at, at the time because I thought that was me missing out on my 2-0 until good old John Nolan came in. Um, but uh, he 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 does he does seem like if we can get him up to speed, he might be a really useful striker. Um, but Norwood is the main man. Lambert Lambert, I think, wants Norwood to be the main man. That's what we bought him for. This is his season, and I mean, if he can't do it against Rochdale, then he's going to struggle to do it against anybody in this division. So for me. Um, I would maybe give Hawkins a go, but I think Lambert will stick with Norwood and hope that this is the game that Norwood finally clicks and maybe gets a few goals for his confidence and starts to to bellow in the goals. But as I say, with the others, like the others, this 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 is this is a chance for him to prove himself. And if he doesn't, then the next game, I would be no hesitation to put Hawkins in and give him a go and make uh, Norwood really work for it from the bench. Cool. Well, lads, thank you once again for joining me. It's uh, been a a big, big podcast today, but um, plenty to talk about a big week ahead, uh, or big week, a big week that's been happening. Um, hopefully, next time we'll be chatting. It's another win, three in a row in the league. Hopefully, another clean sheet as well. But um, yeah, thank you everybody who has listened so far to all the other podcasts. We've been getting some good listens, so thank you for that. Um, if you want to get involved in future podcasts as well, give me a message at Ross Media UK on Twitter. Um, it's good to get some other voices involved in this podcast on the Kings Rangley game day extra time. Um, but yes, John, Thomas, David, Liam from Crew, thank you all for joining me as ever. And um, I'm sure I'll be speaking to you guys after the Rochdale game to get your thoughts on that. Yes, pub, pub, pub. But um, once again, I've been producer Ross and we'll catch you in the next one. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.